This podcast is brought to you by Bet Rivers. Download the Bet Rivers app from the App Store or Google Play Store. Must be 21. Available in Ohio only. Void where prohibited. Terms and conditions apply. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Sports gaming is provided in partnership with Dayton Real Estate Ventures, LLC, DBA, Hollywood Gaming at Dayton Raceway. If you're a tennis fan, you'll love betting weekly game bet match on the Bet Rivers Network. Whether you're a better or just love tennis, you'll enjoy the in-depth analysis each week of the tennis calendar. Subscribe to Game Bet Match today from your favorite podcast provider. If you're a tennis fan, you'll love betting weekly game bet match on the Bet Rivers Network. Whether you're a better or just love tennis, you'll enjoy the in-depth analysis each week of the tennis calendar. Subscribe to Game Bet Match today from your favorite podcast provider. You're listening to Sports Better's Paradise on the Bet Rivers Network. All right, Jimmy out along with Mitch Moss, Vison, and Will Hill. Uh, not the Will Hill, Vison, and well, uh, you know, Will Hill is. Uh, uh, both of these guys are uh, pretty hot. Uh, first of all, Will, uh, congratulations, man, on the uh, the uh, Circa Invitational Humans uh, in uh, NCAA basketball uh, contest. You win that and. Along the way, hit a little 40 to 1 to hit the Final Four with the Florida Atlantic. Nice job. Appreciate it. Uh, thanks for having me on. Yeah, the Owls certainly gave me a, a nice ride. I really thought at 57 50 there on Saturday night that the run was over. Kansas State was playing uh, so well, and Noel was hitting every shot. But got to give this Florida Atlantic team a ton of credit, man. They just, they've been down in every game. They've been really, uh, you know, starting with the first game where Memphis has the ball up one with 10 seconds left. They've really faced adversity and just overcome it every single game just uh, an incredible run by the owls yeah for a team whose resume was not supposed to be uh that that tested they've had a second half deficit in all four of their tournament games and man they are clutch there's no doubt about that mitch uh you you're the you're the futures king man i mean you're royalty when it comes to the futures and before we get to the mlb futures this year what other ones you got working right now? Because you're constantly working those. We're giving out preseason MLB futures today, but it doesn't stop right there, especially for guys like you who are constantly looking for different trends or trying to get, you know, get a, a price before it does, or the rest of the betting public does get on it. What futures you got out there right now? Well, the one that's uh, making me lose sleep is uh, Brooke Lopez for Defensive Player of the Year in the NBA at 501. Uh, I bet that back in late October. So it seems to be down to Lopez and Jaron Jackson. We look at the odds board. It's basically those two guys and everybody else is 25, 30 to 1. And it's going to come down to those two. We only have 10 games left. That's it. I mean, it's one of those two. So I've been adding some Jackson. And I had him back early on when he made the comeback uh, after he missed 17 games or thereabouts. But um, obviously... I, I, you know, 500 to one is tough to, tough to beat if I could actually cash that ticket. So that's the one that uh, I can't get out of my head. And I, I think about it for far too many hours out of every single day of my life. <laughs> but, but it does create hedging opportunity, profitability opportunities. And what is your general approach on that? Because that is a, a big uh, debate between sports gamblers on some people, absolutely no hedging whatsoever. Others, I mean, it's about profitability and securing that. That's the way I look at it. I mean, and I, th- I think it's actually a good conversation. I don't think that um, it's like a yelling match that people need to have because, you know, if you don't believe in that, then fine. That's, you know, who am I to say that you're, you're, you're making a mistake? You can have a different philosophy than anybody else. But me, I like to lock it up. I'll give you an example. Um, 
We had a buddy of ours, Lou Finicaro, come on the show back in early February. He gave out Japan plus 450 at the time to uh, win the World Baseball Classic. So I, I had that for a decent bet. And I absolutely took a little bit on USA the morning of the game at plus, or sorry, minus 125. So I lost a little bit of the hedge. But my thought is, if you could get a baseball game at plus 425 and minus 125, I could retire by the end of the year. I mean, if I get that every single day, I mean, I'm, I'm betting both sides every single time. So why not? I, I mean, it's just, he, he had a beautiful breakdown of why Japan could make a deep run in the bracket. They did their job. And now I'm sitting on plus 425. Yeah, I gave a little bit back, but I wanted that peace of mind knowing that I'm going to walk away being a winner. Yeah, and uh, Will Hill, um, who had a crazy ticket of a, four, a final four parlay that included Florida Atlantic. Um, help me out, Will. Uh, Texas UConn, and Creighton. Texas and Creighton. And we had the conversation late Saturday night. I'm like, and there is a difference because these two teams were underdogs. So that's just not a straight hedge like Mitch with the World Baseball Classic. That's a middle opportunity, which me, I live for. And, well, you know, we had that conversation Saturday night and you secured a profit as well. Yep, I did. Um, you know, some people, you can get into trouble overhedging too, where you start to hedge two, three stages ahead. I heard people talking about having Houston tickets 10 to 1, that they're going to hedge in the Sweet 16. It's like, you know what? That's too early. If you're going to hedge that early, don't even make the bet. So sometimes you can hedge yourself right out of the profit. So like Mitch said, it's not a yelling match. Uh, look, I, I think I hedge. I think I hedge probably too much, if anything. So I think, you know, even if you've been betting for a long time like I have, you're still looking for the perfect balance of, you know, when to hedge, how much to hand. I don't think it's uh, how much to hedge. I don't think it's, you know, a black and white thing for, mm-hmm. for any, any sort of, uh, you know, case-by-case thing. All right. Well, Major League Baseball has been around for a long time, but these new rules, Mitch, uh, how has it affected your approach for some of these futures? New rules, pitch clock. I mean, uh, stolen bases and batting averages should be up. Home runs should probably be down. Division games go from 19 to 13. I know that Will has some division picks. So, I mean, the AL East, that schedule won't be just so rough. The NL Central is going to be a little bit tougher for those teams. Mitch, how did it shape your approach uh, to some of these futures? Honestly, um, I'm treading lightly going into the season more than any other year because, and here's the beauty of this, right? Like you talked about, like Bet Rivers, they're going to keep up their odds the entire year to win this stuff, or that's divisions or, you know, Cy Young, uh, MVP, whatever. So there are certainly some numbers that I want to go into the season with right now, but treading light, uh, lighter than previous years because I want, I need to kind of like see what's going to happen in the first couple of weeks, maybe a month, that might be a long time, but in that neighborhood anyway, and then maybe we can start to add some stuff that happens in any of these markets by April 20th, for example. I'm just throwing a date out there. But so that was basically my approach when it comes to this stuff. And I was looking around for, you know, you try to predict like the guys that are going to have like a breakout year, for example, or um, a number that would make that you could see actually if it does go right for him in the first three weeks of the season or first month. Well, then that number that's available today might be long gone by May 1st. So that was kind of my my uh, approach this year. Will? Yeah, I, I'm going to bet fewer games. I'm going to bet less money. I, I totally agree with Mitch where you're going to have to see a few pitches here. You can't just go in double-fisted and think, hey, there's going to be a bunch of overs, which I've heard smart people say, hey, I'm going to bet a lot of overs with the bigger bases, the new rules. I just I got to be cautious here and see a few pitches first. 
All right, uh, let's get to uh, some of the futures, and uh, let's start off with you, Mitch. But uh, uh, AL MVP, uh, you're looking at uh, Kyle Tucker uh, at uh, 27 to one, fifth overall pick, uh, a draft pick in his first two full seasons, where he had at least 500 at bats, 30 home runs and 107 RBIs, 30 home runs and 92 RBIs, and might be prone for right on that step now to kind of really get it going, a price at 27 to 1. Sure, and when I say that I'm going to tread lightly, I would look no further than the American League MVP because there's really one guy who, if he pops again this year, he's going to win the award, and that's Shohei Otani. I mean, it just, if he puts together a year like, it's going to take an Aaron Judge-type season to ever beat him. So having a guy, you know, that's going to hit 60-plus home runs and dominate like Judge did, like banking on that this year, can't do that. I mean, Judge is going to come back to the pack, you would think. That was a career year for him, and others probably won't match those numbers. So this is based on if Ota- what if Otani gets traded, by the way, at the All-Star break, um, and the Angels realize that, look, we're not going to re-sign him in the offseason, and they deal him to the National League. Well, then that's one way that you could secure this, or if he comes back to the pack and doesn't have the type of season that we saw last year. This is a guy in Tucker on the Champs who is – He's in his prime right now. Um, if not, he's entering it. And he's going to put up good numbers pretty much across the board. You mentioned all of those already, Jimmy. And I know Altuve got hurt in the WBC, but still, that lineup is going to be loaded. They're yeah. going to mash. They're score- going to score a ton of runs. Uh, they're going to win a lot of games because even though they lost Verlander, the starting pitching is going to be pretty good again this year, specifically at the top with Valdez and Javier, I mean, I love both of those guys. So I think they're going to win a lot of games. They're one of the favorites to win the whole thing again this year. And I just, again, trying to project ahead that if Otani, something happens there with him, who's a guy that could be in the mix at around 25 or 30 to 1? I, I like taking somebody out of that lineup, and that guy is Kyle Tucker. Uh, Tucker, I, I think he's just about to break through. I don't think what we've seen is, is established to this point. But, I mean, he's showing signs and, and, and had little – uh, breaks of inconsistency at times but you know if he if he fine-tunes it and shows a little bit more consistency he could put up uh, some monster numbers and certainly he'll have some protection in that lineup let, let me jump uh, in with, with two I'll, I'll run these two quickly by you because what Mitch says 100% true it's Otani's to win or lose and then you have Judge right there but how about Corey Segret 40 to 1 and I know he's never healthy, but Bucks in at 40 to 1. If he could ever stay healthy, could win the award. He just, man, you can't get that many games out of him. But those are the two that sort of jump out to me just in terms of a long shot. Now, while I was in Petco last year watching Buxton and, you know, the whole swing swing for the home run or else. I mean, it was a it was a slow pitch softball swing for Brian Buxton. I mean, and he's a little bit he, he's he's just more of a complete player. He should be. Right. Uh, than that, but we'll have to see uh, with uh, no shift. But you, you know, we'll also uh, Mitch mentioned Aaron Judge to kind of revert. He's got his deal now. That's you know th- th- that's not hanging over his head. Although it seemed to be a a, a source of motivation uh, last year. You're looking at Judge under 44 and a half home runs. Yeah, I think if you just played all these player props under, you'd probably do pretty well. Just because of injuries, uh, underperformance. People like to bet overs. It's fun to root for overs, but. I think, and I think Adam Burke was on with you guys this morning, Mitch. He mentioned the shifts is going to make people, uh, you know, not swing for the fences as much. You can shoot the ball up the middle to right field. And I just think, look, Judge was healthy last year, and he was pretty much healthy the year before, but this is still a guy who's had a lot of injuries in the past. He's a big guy. All it takes is one check swing, and, and, you know, he hurts his oblique, and he's gone for six weeks, and you can cash your bet. 
uh, behind him. There's not a lot of protection with Stanton, who I think is starting to decline. Uh, and if Judge is, is swinging the bat as well as he was last year, eventually these teams are going to walk him. I was surprised teams didn't walk him more last year, but uh, I just think that's a lot of home runs to expect. One, two, or three-week injury, and, and you're pretty much going to cash your bet. So I think under 44.5 homers for Judge here is a good play. All right. Uh, Mitch, you mentioned that, uh, you know, Shohei Otani, the MVP to win, but you're looking at the AL Cy Young. The price at Bet Rivers right now is 10 to 1. Favorites, DeGrom, uh, with uh, Dylan Cease, uh, Garrett Cole, and, uh, and Rodon. So Otani at 10 to 1 is a fifth choice for the AL Cy Young. Yeah. And so I'm going to kind of sound like a hypocrite here and go back on and what I said about him with the MVP. I mean, again, if but if he stays with the Angels all year long, I think he's probably going to win that award. Um, my thought is with the Cy Young is I locked in Otani in his first start for Japan because I had a chance to watch that game. It was like a 2 o'clock Pacific time start, and I was watching him, and I play a lot of fantasy baseball, so I pay attention a lot to the guys that I also have. I had him last year. And it was incredible what he was doing down the stretch of those games. Now, last year, he was only going like once a week or every six games. So they were being real careful with his innings. He he overmatched almost every lineup that he faced last year. He's got that kind of stuff. And so I think that he's going to like as long. The plan is this year now is for him to go every six days and not six games. So he'll add more. And of the mentioning that I play fantasy, I'm doing like a lot of research on, you know, players this year. I already had my draft. I three experts who do the draft rankings, who take a lot of pride, by the way, in their work, had Otani as the number one ranked pitcher going into this season. Fantasy pitcher. So I think there's a correlation there is that I mean, if he's the number one ranked, if that if they're right with that, think about some of the guys that he's gonna beat out to be the number one ranked fantasy pitcher with overall just pitching numbers now is what we're talking about. Um, and I wanted to bet him anyway, cause I love watching him pitch. So his stuff is just brilliant. And I think he's going to mow, mow teams down left and right. And I want a piece of him at anything above 10 to one, um, to win that award this year. I had to do it. Mitch, did you notice after the world baseball classic performance that his odds shortened up for Cy Young? I did. I did. Uh, it wasn't only him, by the way, that was something I was trying to track with other awards. And the reason I'm not going to have a bet today on Trey Turner to win the National League MVP is because, I mean, let's face sure. it. I mean, he was untouchable. I mean, he was phenomenal for, for Team USA. And every big hit imaginable, his odds dropped like a rock. So you can't touch him right now. But that's I did notice it's, that Otani was dropping a little bit, yeah. All right. Uh, let's shift to the American League East, Will. And we talked about it before. It's a big deal. Uh, I think that uh, most of the teams in this division are welcoming uh, the uh, the lighter division schedule, going from 19 division games to 13 uh, for a divisional opponent. You're looking at those baby Jays that starting to grow up a little bit at plus 190. The favorite in the East, obviously, the Yankees at minus 110. Yeah, I'm looking to fade the Yankees here, and I'm a Yankee fan. I just don't think, like, I mean, I, I sent these to you before Severino got hurt. Now you got Severino hurt, you got Rodon hurt. That rotation, which looked unbelievable on paper, is now suddenly Cole in a bunch of question marks, and Clark Schmitz is slotted in to, to pitch the second day of the season. Uh, I mentioned I think Judge will, is due for some regression. Uh, you know, maybe he misses a few weeks, a month. Stanton's always hurt. So, I mean, you got guys like LeMay who are older now who are often injured, and I just think the Blue Jays have more talent player for player. Um, you know, I, I, they're going to need something out of Bassett and Bar- Barrios. I, Bassett's solid. 
Um, you, you worry about the pitch clock a little bit because he's a slower guy. But Barrios is a guy, he's not that old to go from as good as he was to as bad as he's been. So you're going to need something out of him. But you still got arms like Pearson and Manoa. And Pearson looks like he's finally healthy. He's got an incredible arm. Uh, Gossman is incredibly solid. So uh, I would go with the Blue Jays here. I just think they have more talent. I think 2-1 to is a good price here on the Jays. All right, uh, so the Jays uh, with uh, plus 190 uh, to win the AL East. All right, you gave us the American – excuse me, Mitch, uh, the AL Cy Young uh, pick in Otani. Uh, let's go to the NL Cy Young, and, well, we're going from one of the uh, stronger divisions to one of the lighter divisions. They were massive favorites with the Cardinals and their, the strength of their organization too much for the Brewers last year. But you're looking at Brandon Woodruff, 11th choice of to win the NL Cy Young at 25-1 to 1 at Bet Rivers. Yeah, I think that's a pretty good number, and uh, I was hoping that that book's going to offer a pretty fair number on him going back through the offseason because uh, of how he finished last year. He was really strong, uh, 31 years old, I believe, is where he's at in his career, um, and the way he finished, and also some stuff that I saw like when people were doing, doing season previews this year, and specifically like where he ranked with elite pitches in the National League, and he has a handful of pitches, like three or four pitches that were in the top five of any starter in the NL. And so I know the NL Cy Young is stacked at the top. So I was hoping that he would be like a a guy that would be drifting out there a little bit. And I thought 25 to one in that range was a good enough number, a strong enough number where I could actually go to battle with him. The We've seen this before, by the way, and it was his own teammate, Corbin Burns, who did not throw a lot of innings. He kind of set this new precedent, I believe, two years ago, and he won, uh, won the Cy Young. And that was always a talking point in years past, like how many innings pitched does a starter need to actually win the award? Well, I don't think Woodruff is going to go out there. He's not going to be Sandy Alcantara this year and throw eight innings every single game. That's not who he is, not what he does. But if he can go six strong, sometimes seven, and that bullpen, I know they lost Hader. Uh, can go to Bush and then Devin Williams. I, I Even though I'm saying this, like I, wins really don't matter when it comes to this award either. But overall, it can help the resume. And uh, I just I think that overall, his makeup, the age, his track record now, his stuff at 25 to one, I think it's a pretty good bet to go and start the season with. Uh, Will I know you uh, like the uh, the Brewers in the National League Central? St. Louis is the favorite this year, entering the season at minus one twenty nine, but the Brewers plus a dollar seventy to win the NL Central. Yep, and I just tailed Mitch on Woodruff twenty five to one. I think it's a good handicap, and you, you got one guy at twenty five to one who's very live to win the award, and another pitcher who's five to one. You probably have the best closer in the National League now with Diaz being hurt. Um, look, I, I just I, I don't buy a minus price here on the Cardinals. I just think to me these it, it's a toss up between the Cardinals and the Brewers. I know the Cubs are improved, but I don't think they're at the level yet where they can win 92 or 93 games and win a division. Obviously, the Reds and the Pirates, uh, who, who might be a little better. I know some people like the Pirates, and the Reds have decent pitching, but they're obviously not at that level either. So to me, it's a total total coin toss. I'm getting good pitching. I'm getting plus 170. Uh, I'll take the Brew Crew here. It says it, it, they didn't respond well to when they shopped off Hader last year. It was like right. it was just – I think it was a bad sign of send to their team. Lost their motivation, huh, Mitch? Oh, yeah, I think so. And I think that was – it totally lost the clubhouse. And, I mean, it came out then, and people are, you know, remembering that from a year ago. I think it's shocked the entire team when that happened. And now they've had a long time to get over that. And I know that uh, Hader evidently was a really good clubhouse guy and the reason why they were shocked. But as Will was saying – I think Devin Williams might be an upgrade at closer. I, just, I love the guy's stuff. I think he's absolutely nasty. So um, 
if they can stay healthy this year with the rotation, I think the Brewers can be pretty lethal again. All right, Mitch, uh, you hit a, a, a bomb on the most home runs a couple of years ago with uh, Salvador Perez. What was your number uh, on the Kansas City catcher a couple of years ago? I uh, got him at uh, 200. That was on August 24th when 200 was available a couple of years ago. Wow. That late in the season? That late. Huh? That late. That's what I'm saying. And, like, right? Uh, These numbers are, you can maybe find awesome right. numbers later on in the year. And uh, and that was a, a heck of a and, and did he not uh, tie of of Vlad Junior? So he came. He actually, yeah. He, when when I bet the two hundred to one, he was nine back. But that year, I was watching more baseball than I think ever in my entire life, and I was watching a lot of Royals baseball. And I'm like, you know what? I think there's something here with Perez. And the dugout loved him. The fans were going nuts for it. And I was reading about it every day. It felt like they wanted to get... In fact, I predicted that he was going to bat leadoff at some point to get the award <laughs> or to win the most home runs, which they never did. But it was a big deal watching their game. So he actually, if I recall correctly, he surpassed Vlad because it was a great race. It was Vlad and Otani and Marcus Simeon. It's like, oh my God, what the hell's going to happen here? And then eventually, like Perez had to lead on his own. And uh, Vlad hit one, I think it was on the last day of the season or second to last day of the season to tie him back up and they each ended with 48. It was wild. Wow. And uh, speaking of Marcus Simeon, uh, uh, shot here. And, you know, he was in that running a couple of years ago. Uh, you're looking at him and also a much shorter shot uh, in Austin Riley at 16 to 1. Yeah, uh, Simeon right now at 200 to 1. And look, that's a long shot for a reason. Um, and so preseason... Um, that might be a bad bet in a month, but I'll explain why I like it. Again, in the mix two years ago, um, early 30s, he moved to Texas last year, first season with the Rangers, got a huge contract. Well, he said how strange it was for him to play last year at the very He was not comfortable with his new team, the teammates, wasn't used to it. Did not hit his first home run until late May last year. It was a total bust. But then over the last four months of the season... He had 26 home runs. And if you prorate that to a regular, like, six-month season over 162 games and take away what he was like in April May, well, that's more than 40, again, if you prorate that. So I think now he's going to be more used to it. It's a pretty good lineup that he has to deal with and as well. He's showing this is what I need to bet a guy for most home runs. I need a guy who has the track record and can prove to me that he's gone deep in the neighborhood of 40 times in the past. That's what Simeon has done. So that's why I'm taking him. A guy who has not hit 40 before, but he's been close, is Austin Riley with the Braves. Uh, let's see here. 33 two years ago, and he played 160 games. 38 yep. last year, played in 159 games. Braves are absolutely loaded to the gills again this year. He's sitting there right in the middle of that lineup. He's got tons of protection. He'll see good pitches. Um I, I love the power. I love the pop. Uh, 39 doubles last year, 33 the year before that. If you if you told me that Austin Riley's going to hit 40 this year, then I believe I'm going to be in the mix to win this to win this uh, bet. So I like Riley at 16 to one for Atlanta. All right. Uh, so you know we're going over from uh, Riley to uh, across uh, across the country to the uh, West, and, and nobody shook up uh, the trade deadline. I was in San Diego at the time when the Padres acquired uh, Soto and Bell uh, from the Nationals, and uh, you know they were it, 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 
you know, they was fine. It was a nice spark to them, and they lost that one game before Colorado. But it was it was like they were looking ahead to that series up the uh, up five to Chavez Ravine against the Dodgers, and the Dodgers just big brothered them. I mean, knocked them down. But then we get to the postseason, and here San Diego making a run so close to the uh, the World Series. So, it, which is it? I would have to think that the little. Little recovery by the Padres after being so bold, and also where it counts more to uh, advance further than the uh, the uh, Los Angeles Dodgers did. Uh, Will you like the Padres to win the division at plus one thirty? Dodgers minus one fifty five at Bet Rivers to win the division. You got the Pods plus one thirty. Yep, I think the wrong team's favorite, and it's weird to say that because this has been the Dodgers division for a, a decade straight now. But I just think the Padres. Or better, uh, the Dodgers, they lost Trey Turner. They didn't replace him, which is surprising considering how they always reload. They always regenerate. And look, when you bet against the Dodgers, you can't be shocked if uh, three months into the season they have Otani or Corbin Burns or whoever because they're always adding somebody. But you look at the Padres. They get a full year of Soto. They get, um, obviously, Tatis back as long as he doesn't get hurt or do anything stupid, which obviously is not a given. Uh, <laughs> and you get Bogarts. So, I mean, this team is just loaded. I don't love the the, the Dodger pitching. They're really piecing it together with uh, Noah Syndergaard, Reclamation Project, you know, Pepio, who's a rookie. Uh, Bueller, obviously, not going to give him anything. Kershaw's older. So, I just think the wrong team is favored. I think the Padres are better and fairly significantly better. I like San Diego here. I was in San Diego for a month last year, and so they were, I mean, they were all but popping the champagne when they acquired Soto and Bell, and then they get big brothered uh, by the Dodgers. Then they get the news that Tatis was suspended, and it's like, <laughs> I mean, like they're cursed. So, uh, but, you know, and, and that's the way that market is, man. They're all in on the Padres because they lost their NFL yeah. team, you know, and this is, you know, this is this is who they have. So it just dominates the uh, the sports talk. Uh, maybe you know, they'll, maybe they'll have a national champion in college basketball in a few in a week or so. Well, we'll see. You know, we'll see uh, at, at San Diego State making their first uh, Final Four. So, you know, another one uh, that I want to look at, um, you know, we talked about the Nationals on the other end of that one. And, well, it's a no it's a no salary cap league and there's not a whole lot of competitive balance. And, you know, sometimes these teams, uh, you know, just have no shot. And, well, they uh, they sold the whole farm last year, Will, and you, you're looking to pounce on it again. The win total for the Nationals is 59.5, which you like the under. Yeah, it's been bet down. And you, when you get bet down this early, like, you know, recreational money is not coming in on these season win totals. So you can tell that's pretty sharp money to go from 62.5 all the way down to 59.5. I still don't think they get to 60 wins. They just have no pitching. I think their young pitchers aren't quite ready enough. Their older pitchers like uh, Corbin are just totally shot. I mean, Strasburg is shot. They they really paid for their that title with their soul ever since. Like nothing's gone right for them. Uh, and I know the scout the the schedule's a little more balanced, but you still do have 14 games each against the Braves, who are loaded. The Mets, you know, each of those teams won 100 games. Phillies just went to a World Series, and the Marlins uh, have a ton of pitching. So. Nationals are going to get beat up. I think it's a long year. They think they won 55 last year. I don't see where they really made any improvement here. They had a half a year plus a Soto last year. They don't this year. I think this is like another 54 sort of win team. Staying in that division in the team that the, uh, the that knocked out the Padres in the uh, championship series is uh, the last of your picks, and that is uh, Zach Wheeler from the Phillies, who are the NL's uh, rep in the World Series last year, and Man, he was uh, it, it twenty. It's just two years ago, he was one shy, one behind Robbie Ray for the strikeout lead. He had two hundred forty-seven strikeouts just two seasons ago, and he's fifty to one to be in the be the strikeout champion uh, this year. I mean, uh, Mitch? Yeah, I, I was really surprised to see that number, to be honest. And again, 
You talk about guys that, uh, again, track record here, like you just talked about. And over the last, you know, full uh, few years, 213 innings pitched that year when he struck out that many batters. Last year, that was down to 153. But you take out the COVID year, fellas, uh, 195 and a third, 182 and a third. He goes deep into ball games. They will pitch him eight innings, sometimes maybe even going for the complete game. And he strikes out quite a few guys. So 50 to 1. Um, on a guy who has the pedigree here, and uh, I don't know how he could be at 50-1 to 1 when some of these other players are, quite frankly, above him in that many. Uh, I was surprised to see that. So to go to start the season here with uh, Wheeler at 50-1, to 1, I would gladly take that, and I did. All right, and uh, Will, your last pick, the NL Rookie of the Year, but interesting pick here for the 21-year-old Mets catcher, Francisco Alvarez, a 3-for-28 in spring training, uh, moved down to AAA Syracuse, might not be on the opening day roster. That doesn't mean he can't uh, he can't be called up and, uh, and make quite a run. So at 10-1, to 1, you're looking at a price with Francisco Alvarez for NL Rookie of the Year. Yeah, I mean, you should. You should I should mention that this is, comes with an asterisk. He's not going to start the season here, so don't bet him now, but just keep an eye on him. You know, you can get called up in June or July and still win this award. We saw Harris last year get called up middle of the season. He was 70, 80 to 1, so keep an eye on Alvarez. There's always an advantage to these New York players. I mean, we saw it in the NFL Awards where Dave Owens, Coach of the Year, Garrett Wilson, and, and uh, Sauce Gardner win the Rookie of the Thibodeau Year. Thibodeau recently. Thibodeau, yep, absolutely. So keep an eye on Alvarez. He's got a monster talent. I actually watched him play in person in the minors. He had a home run that I think is still going. So he's a top two or three prospect in baseball, according to most of these sites. Keep an eye on him. Just don't bet it yet because it might be a little bit before he's in the big leagues. So that's what Will, one of the things that he's looking for as this season starts. Uh, Mitch, uh, your approach once the season starts, maybe – generally with the new rules and also specifically with a player or a team that you are looking for maybe to show a sign that you made back? Uh, so I think one, one thing that you want to watch right away, and it was talked about on our show today, and it's a really good point, that the first, uh, let's see here, maybe a couple of weeks, a couple of starts for starting pitchers, first month, definitely pay attention to the differences you're going to see in ERA and in FIP. ERA, of course, we've always known about this stat for 100 years now, right? FIP is a truer indication of what the pitcher is all about on the mound. And it's he, it's stuff that he can't control, right? So when a guy has a high ERA and a much lower FIP, that means that regression should be coming and you might want to be betting that kind of player. When you flip it and the guy has a low ERA and a high FIP, that means that he's probably getting lucky at that time and that's somebody that you want to start to fade. So that is something that uh, I definitely want to um, pay attention to again this season. But also, I, I'm, I'm intrigued by the stolen bases. Look, I mean, I grew up, some of my favorite players of all time were Ricky Henderson and Tim Raines. And I just, I loved what they were like running the bases. And that was, that element of the sport was kind of wiped away for a long time. I think there's a chance here where stolen bases could be a huge part of the game and there's a prop, I think, that's 50 and a half for most stolen bases by any player in Major League Baseball that might make sense. Or if you want to look at individual players to bet on stolen bases, but also like game-by-game -game props early on in the season. Will this guy have a steal? Will that guy have a steal? Something that you might want to consider right away here to begin the uh, season. Yeah, I want to see that too. I just think that the the, the, the amount of pitch, uh, you know, pickoff pit, uh, moves that they make is going to be reduced. Yep. You, you can't throw yep. over two times. I mean, you just can't do it. So, you know, and you're going to try and reduce the times that you throw over, period. 
you know, to create that second pitch. And you're going to see a lot of base runners go on first on first move uh, when it comes to pitching. I, I, I like that as well. And, yeah, the ERA versus FIP, hard, uh, hard hit rate, things like that, it takes out the luck because we, you, we can see where games, and that's part of it, where baseball, t- the other team can hit the ball so much harder than their opponent still lose because they're hitting the ball right at people, you know, line drives into double plays, whatever it is, and some Texas leaguers uh, for uh, RBI hits on the other hand. So, and, uh, and Will, uh, also, man, congratulations. Keep it going, man. I mean, what, did you get you – did you get humans give you a jacket, green jacket? I mean, a gift pack, a night out with humans <laughs> on town on the strip? I mean, what – or, uh, you know, a, a, on a year uh, year supply of Whataburger. I mean, what the hell's going on? I was on just going to make uh, a – I was just going to make a fast food joke. I said some uh, – I got something in the mail. It looked like some Arby's gift cards. I don't know who it's from, so maybe that was from humans. <laughs> I mean the, uh, the 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 you know the, the I mean a private flight to go to a fast food restaurant, uh, Mitch. I mean you're an you're an exclusive company there. Oh, that's you you know yeah yeah that was uh, that was pretty good actually. And you know that humans are going to be a part of that if that's ever going to be the case. You know what's funny is uh, one of our producers and uh, and Adam I get. I get this box at my house, and it's a Portillo's. It's a taste of Chicago. So I got the Italian beef sandwiches uh, even here in South Louisiana. Oh. So I got a, I got a taste of it uh, as well. So uh, good stuff. Great stuff, guys. Always keep it up. Uh, uh, not the Will Hill. Again, Mitch Moss. Again, excellent job over at Visa the wildly popular Follow the Money show. For these guys, I'm Jimmy Yacht here on the Sports Betters Paradise on the Bet Rivers Network.